Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. Here we are. We're in week six, episode six. And uh, today we're going to talk about the episode Rock Show. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing this week? Hey, Alan. I am fantastic with a capital F. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm not going to beat that. Hey, are you ready to talk through uh, Rock Show? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right, then. So, Mark, are you going to walk us through the cold open and the synopsis for the show? Yeah, let's let's dive into the cold open first. Uh, I know that with some of the past shows, the cold open often is one of the one of the best uh, parts of the show. And this was pretty darn funny. Um, actually has some plot relevance as well. Andy is at St. Joseph's Medical Center with Anne, Leslie and Tom, and he's getting his cast removed. Tom, stethoscope in hand, ostensibly listens to Leslie's heart before suddenly exclaiming, oh my God, your boobs are dead, which she says, stop it. No, they're not. Uh, Dr. Harris, Andy's doctor, removes Andy's cast to reveal a plethora of small items that fell inside the cast apparently long ago. Tom says, wow, it's like a sweaty pinata. Uh, Anne found her iPod. Andy found a little pirate guy. Uh, Leslie asked to keep the cast. Dr. Harris uh, claims it's a highly disgusting request, but I don't see why not. Uh, Leslie talks about how it's a symbol of new beginnings and of hope and the project. Um, Andy mentions how good it's going to feel to walk, gets off the table and immediately face plants into the ground. And then I, I really like the end of the scene where Dr. Harris, looking down at Andy, who face planted, says rather unconcerned, yeah, there might be a little weak at first. And there so helpful. Go. Yeah, I know. What a helpful doctor. All right. Well, thanks for that excellent summary of the cold open, Mark. You know what I really enjoyed in, in that particular scene was, um, and this is only available in the producer's cut. There's an extension of that scene with Tom and Leslie where Leslie goes and wants to interview Anne to gather some website sound bites oh, yeah. um, as Andy's about to get his cast removed so she can tell this story about, you know, uh, this recovery from uh, Andy falling in the pit. So you want to hear that clip? I certainly do. Please play it. All right, here we go. Okay, Anne, how do you feel? I feel good. I'm recording some of these sound bites for the website, so I need you to say something a little bit more moving and poignant, you know, pithy, and articulate, kind of grabby, but unrehearsed. Like you just made it up, but think about it for a second. Now say something like that, and then be funny. Okay, go. How do you feel? Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> That's great. So uh, what I love about that so much is that it reminds me of how I, how, you know, when we do our warm up right before the show and people don't uh -huh. get to hear this, of course, I, I basically tell you the same thing, you know, be funny, <laughs> be pithy, um, but, but be, you know, be totally original and, and go. And I go, uh-huh. <laughs> That's about how that goes. Yep. Yep. All nailed right, it. Mark, you nailed it. Uh, would you like to walk us through the, the episode synopsis then? Yeah, let's let's do that. So right after the cold open, as the episode usually happens, um, the gang has cake to celebrate Andy getting his casts off uh, with a great scene, by the way, of a pigeon walking through the cake. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, Anne invites everyone to Andy's concert that night. Leslie wants to go, but can't since she has a meeting with a big wig that her mother set up. Anne invites Andy's doctor, Dr. Harris, to the concert, and he reveals Andy could have had his cast removed two weeks ago, making Anne very, very angry. I know, not, not a good oh, thing. Oh, yeah, not a good thing. Um, during her bigwig meeting with 62-year-old George Gernway, Leslie gradually realizes it is a blind date arranged by her mother. 
bum, bum, bum. Mark arrives at the concert without a date and sees Ron with his ex-wife's sister, Beth, Tom with attractive surgeon wife, Wendy, and April with gay but sometimes drunk makeout partner, Derek. Feeling lonely and a little down, like the Parks Department's seventh wheel, Mark notices Anne is upset with Andy and makes a pass at her, which Anne angrily rejects. Leslie and George arrive as the concert is ending, to Tom's delight. Andy stays as long as possible to avoid a fight with Anne, but ultimately leaves with her. Ron, Tom, and April and their dates hail a cab. George goes home because he was falling asleep. Leslie starts to leave, but an intoxicated Mark asks her to stay and have a beer. Make talk and drink until the bar closes, at which point they continue talking and drinking by the pit. When Leslie asks if he thinks that she'll succeed in building a park there, Mark gives a pragmatic, somewhat unsupportive answer, but Leslie remains optimistic. Anne kicks Andy out once he admits he postponed the cast removal. And while oh, outside, boy. I know, and while outside from across the pit... Andy sees Mark lean over and kiss Leslie. Leslie ends up stopping Mark's advances. As he gets up to leave, Mark falls in the pit. (laughs) 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 Laughing, Andy runs back to tell Anne, who runs out to help Mark, while Andy goes right back inside, jumps on the couch, grabs potato chips, and watches television as if nothing ever happened. Can you even believe it, Alan? Wow. Yeah, I've got lots to say about all of that. So, (laughs) all right. Well, thanks for the synopsis, Mark. That was terrific. Well, I think at this point we would normally do our AKAs. As we we said in previous podcasts, um, you know, these titles are fine. Rock Show is a great title and we'll actually talk about it. It's actually one of my favorites. And the origin of that title for this episode is actually uh, something I find pretty amusing and funny. Um, But we we just think we can do better, right? We can do a lot better. Absolutely. Clearly. Just like the synopsis, right? We're not going to read the stinking NBC synopsis when Mark can read such a, a you know, detailed and an entertaining synopsis. I know. I actually looked at the NBC synopsis. You know what? It was two words. Stuff happens. <laughs> so yeah, they, now they, they, they truly are paying by the word. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, uh, I, I'm feeling squirrely, Alan. So you want me to go ahead and do my AKA first? Hey, if you, if you feel like you got it, go for it. All right. By the well, way, I, I, I've got 10 choices this week. 10. Well, so I'm, I, I probably will either steal yours from you after you give it, or I'll just do a different one. Look, this isn't Monopoly. You don't get bonus points for having both Boardwalk and Park Place. Easy there, Tex. <laughs> All, right. All right. So my AKA is uh, based on when Ann gets Andy to admit that he could have really had his cast off two weeks earlier. Mm. And it looks like he's about to make a counter argument where he says, you know, okay, okay, is it true? Yes, but, and he holds up his hand, dramatic pause, and you think, oh, he's about to say something, you know, profound. He follows it up with, but I really, really like it when you serve me food. Which, you know, points for honesty, but man, his douche meter is full. Uh, so full. That, that, that is my AKA. I really, really like it when you serve me food. So top uh, that. that. That's a good one. That's a really good one. And uh, I'm curious about that line and we can talk about it later when we get to that point in the episode. But oh, yeah. Um, so so that one actually wasn't on my list. And um, really, you know, I, I, it was not. So that's actually good. And I took my top 10 and I narrowed it down to a top seven. 
And, and I think yours is, you know, semi toward the end of the episode. I'm, I'm going to, yes, I think I'm going to, gosh, there are just so many good ones. You're going to bookend um, it. You're going to choose them from the beginning. Yeah, I think I will. I'm going to steal good. mine actually from the clip that we just played um, or, or a piece of the cold open rather. And it wasn't in the clip, but um, you know, we transition after that, you know, that scene where, uh, Leslie is trying to get Anne to, you know, be pithy and uh, an original all at the same time for her web sound bites. They they then proceed to saw Andy's cast open, <laughs> and they say it's like a sweaty pinata. <laughs> yeah, so that was really good. Yeah, and uh, did you notice everything that was inside the cast when they took it off? Well, you know, I tried to look away, but like a car wreck, I find it very <laughs> difficult. But it actually, the camera wasn't on his leg too long. I did see the iPod. That was probably the most prominent thing. But do you have a list of things that were in there? <laughs> it's funny you would ask. I happen to actually have a list this week. No way. Way. <laughs> well, go for it. Read it. All right. I've got the list right here. All right. Here we go. So as you said, Ann's iPod. Uh, Andy holds up a small pirate figurine. Yeah, yep. which, you know, I hope it wasn't lead. That's going to hurt. Mm. There was a green army man in there. I don't know if you saw that or not. Hey, I think they were fighting the pirates. <laughs> there you go. There is a chopstick. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> I guessing I that I, I think that was one of the original itch sticks that fell down inside the cast. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yep. There's a spork, a black spork. All right. Know, which is a half spoon, half fork. For those of you who've never had a, a hillock of uh, mashed potatoes at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, that's the best. Thank you, yeah. Patton. Mm. So, and uh, uh, there's uh, several coins in there. All right. And I believe we saw some Skittles. <laughs> well, you know, that's currency to some people. It is. Yeah. So, man, that's funny. Thank you. Hey, Ellen, isn't it about time for a word from our sponsor? You're exactly right, Mark. You know, we've been lucky enough to have Ron Swanson do a number of commercials for us in the past. Well, today we have an even bigger treat. And you remember, I might have even mentioned this last week. We have here with us live in the studio, Ron Swanson himself. Ron, how are you, sir? How do you like our studio? I am excellent. The accommodations are adequate. However, I was told there would be bacon-wrapped shrimp here. Oh, gosh, no. Sorry for the confusion, Ron. We don't have that in our budget. Ron, if you'd like, I have a Sweetums candy bar you can have if you're hungry. I have no need for your sweet, sugary confections. Let us simply get on with things. Yep, 10-4, good buddy. Sure, Ron, absolutely. Well, one of our sponsors today is the Pawnee Milk Association. So, Ron, if you'd like to, please go ahead and read these words. I have no need for your words. I have my own. Oh, boy. Hello, podcast viewers. Um, they're not viewers. Mark, not now. Sorry, Ron, go ahead. This is Ron Swanson. Me, 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 me. Mark, seriously, now is not the time. Go ahead, Ron. If you are looking for a good drink to help you wash down the 72-ounce porterhouse you have just eaten, I suppose you could do worse than a glass of whole milk. Yep, I totally agree with you, Ron. In general, I prefer a true drink, such as a top-shelf bourbon or a good scotch. Yep, totally agree with you, Ron. However, if you are less fickle than I, or have emptied your larder of such kingly liquids, a glass of whole milk can do the job. Larder? What is a larder? Shh, Mark, I'll tell you after the break. Sorry, Ron. When one drinks milk, it is important 
to choose whole milk. But what about skim milk? Do not be fooled into drinking skim milk. Why? That's milk. Negatory. Skim milk is not milk. Skim milk is water lying about being milk. <laughs> Stupid lying water. In conclusion, bourbon and scotch are the best. Skim milk is the worst. Whole milk is an acceptable middle ground. Thank you. That is all. Great, Ron. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thanks, Ron. Are you sure you don't want my candy bar? I am absolutely positive. Now, if you are sure that there is no bacon-wrapped shrimp here in the studio, I will take my leave of you. Uh, nope. Sorry, Ron. Very well. Good day. Wow. Well, there you go, folks. The great Ron Swanson are in our very own studios. The hell is a larder? Mark, I'll tell you during the break. Folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks to our sponsor today. That was a, that was a nice little break. I, I was so excited that he was here. All right. Should we break down the episode, Mark? Yes, let's do. All right. So as you said at the beginning, we obviously started with our cold open at St. Joseph's Medical Center. And then when we come back, we're in the courtyard and uh, we've got the cake celebrating, uh, you know, Andy getting his cast off and with the, the cool little pigeon there. You know, what else from, from that scene stood out for you? I just love that. Uh, I love the pigeon walking through the cake. That made me that made me so happy. I don't know why it, it made me a little mad because I don't like to see cake being wasted. Um, <laughs> I, I did listen to uh, the commentary and uh, I remember them saying that it was kind of a big deal that they that they wanted to make sure that the pigeon walking around wasn't going to attract green icing everywhere. That's like, right. Nah, nah, don't worry about it. That's right. Um, my thought was, I, I really hope they were all eating uh, pieces of that cake. And I was really hoping they got their cake before the pigeon got on the cake. But Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't have your cake and let the pigeon eat it, too. Huh? <laughs> nice. That's gold. <laughs> I have to slow clap that one. Uh, there's no other appropriate response. Um, I do recall that uh, Anne has a quick take to the to the camera uh, saying how, you know, uh, she just invited everyone to Andy's concert. And she said, you know. Uh, mm. Andy has been going nuts not being able to play because he's had both of his legs in cast. That's right. and so he's been, I guess he's kind of been desperate. And so he's just writing songs and looking around him and he's writing songs about the objects around him. Sandwich, are you turkey or ham? And Anne walks by, it's ham. Ham. Ugh. Lamp. I wish it were a lamp that would light up when you get touched. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all improv all improv yep. yeah yep nope that was excellent chris pratt you musical genius that's right. And this is at the point where we realize, you know, Leslie's hearing about the concert and she realizes she cannot go because she's got this important meeting that her mom has set up for her with this high ranking political official from Eagleton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, you, uh, and see, you, you touched on something. This is this is very interesting. Um, and I noticed this in the in the producer's cut. In the very beginning here, close to the beginning, they had a scene where they said who this guy was. So they said, like, you know, his name's George Gernway. He's a city manager from Eagleton, hashtag first, um, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're exactly right. It was on my list, too. And 
in the not the producer's cut, so Mm -hmm. the normal for you and I, I noticed specifically they don't mention his name until... Oh gosh, like it, it's it's into the scene a little bit. Like I think it may be when Leslie and George get to the concert. Or I I see I can't remember, but it was pretty late in the in the episode where they finally said his name. Yeah, because I think the scene with uh with Pamela Reed, you know, with uh with her mom is mm. is is definitely only part of the producer's cut, as I recall. Yes. She yeah. she had her voice in the normal. Uh, uh, part of the show uh, when she was on the phone with her mom going, you know, what the hell did you do? Set me up with this 80 year old guy. Right. But, but yes, the, I, they actually had a scene with her and I love Pamela Reed. It was kind of a shame at first. And then I'm like, yeah, I get why they cut it, but yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I like in that version that the audience knows what's about to happen to Leslie before Leslie figures it out herself. So, but you know, there's something to be said for waiting and, and kind of discovering that with her as well. I agree. I think I watched the producer's cut first, so I'm not sure I'll ever have a, uh, a um, um, you know, undiluted opinion about that. Oh, what a, what a rookie mistake. No, um, I, I also noticed, I really liked that, um, you know, like you said, Leslie's like, oh man, you know, when's it, it's tonight. Oh, I can't do it because she has, and she repeated this phrase several times, a political tete-a-tete. Tete-a-tete. Elect- yeah. Okay, that's a thing now. We're all going to say that. Like, and then we she are. goes, "Oh, you know, I'd love to go to the concert, but you know, the political tete tete." Like, all right. And I discovered it's a lot easier to say than it is to type. You've got to find all the special characters. There's at least three special characters in that. Yeah, and they're all E's. Actually, one of them's over the A. It, it is. It is. No, I, I spell. Trust it wrong. me. Yeah. Is see, the E look, over the A? Look, I'm I'm showing it to our viewers at home right now. Can't you see it? Oh, they you, they're not viewers. <laughs> you and Ron, I swear. I know it. The other thing that happened when we're back at Marlene Griggs Nope's office, Leslie's mom, um, is that uh, Leslie has that talking head about the the three pitfalls of politics. Because remember, uh, I think at that point, Leslie has decided she really, really, really wants to go to the rock show. Uh, she goes and sees her mom kind of all casual. And she's like, you know, what do you, what do you think if I reschedule? And she's like, well, you don't want to seem flaky. And uh, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so apparently that, that is the worst of the three pitfalls is to be thought of as flaky. The second was being corrupt and mm-hmm. the third was being a rapist. So, and, and I like the way that when she first started, cause she said to her mom, can I, can we reschedule this? And she's like, well, you know, you're going to come across as flaky. So then immediately to the camera, look, flaky camera, people watching this flaky is the worst thing a politician can be pause or, or, or corrupt pause or, or a rapist. There, there are a lot like of pitfalls, they're all the but same. Yeah, the same. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the same. Uh, so, yeah, those are the big three. For those of you who ever considered a career in politics. That's right. Know, w- watch out for that. Just avoid those three and you'll be fine. Just don't be flaky. Whatever you do of the three. Yeah. Don't be flaky. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The other thing Marlene said was, you know, we did learn his name, George Gerway. We learned he's the city manager of Eagleton and he's divorced with two children and that he's a wonk. Now, I, I had to look up the d- definition of wonk. Did you look it up? No, because I'm not nearly as cool as you are. Although I, I tell you what, I did hear it. And I just thought that's a funny word that means nothing because that's typically that that's what I say about anything I don't understand. I said, I'm sure it means nothing. Let's let's move on. But what does it mean? Uh, it, it basically is a, a political specialist at the end of the day. It's considered a derogatory term, but it's it's aligned itself with politics. And I think when it's used in that context, it's not necessarily der- derogatory. But you know, he huh. he's a specialist. He's in this case, he's you know, he's the zoning king of Eagleton, apparently. So mm. 
Well, maybe he needs to get with uh, Janine Restrepo, have a royalty. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So as we leave uh, Marlene's office, now we're back at the hospital and we see Anne passing out the flyers. We talk about Dr. Harris. And this is where we learned that, uh, you know, Andy could have had his cast off two weeks earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And and (laughs) he uh, and he like, yeah, his muscles wouldn't have atrophied so much if he had the cast removed. And she's like, well, what do you mean? You you told him that he couldn't No, he told me he had to reschedule like, well. And he would tell me why later. And he never did. And he never did. Which I loved. Like, like the doctor, you know, he's a little upset that Andy never called him back. Yeah. I had a notebook and a pen. I was ready to take it down. And then he never did. (laughs) Son of a gun. And and then you can see Anne just starting to fume and she's clearly angry. She chose him. She chose him. I've been waiting. I've been waiting on him hand and foot. Or why would he do that? I've been waiting on him hand and foot. And then he, Dr. Harris uh, goes, well, that would explain it. <laughs> Just That's chuckles right. right to her face. And oh, I boy. really, really kind of wish yeah. that she had Rochambeaued him. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I, I think this is the first thing that makes her angry. And she's going to hit high velocity later once Andy says why he didn't tell her. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. She's from, steaming. From this point in the show, in fact, she is she's at, you know, this level yeah. of, of yeah. angry and not quite threat level midnight yet. But, you know, we're rounding the clock at about 7 p.m. Yeah. Mayday, mayday. The crow flies at midnight. <laughs> uh, yeah. She she doesn't get less angry from this point on. It goes no, in the opposite direction. Not at all. Absolutely. So after the hospital scene, we cut over. Now we're at Paladino's. I think this is the first time, maybe the only time we ever see Paladino's, which their their subtitle is Rockin' Pawnee. So apparently on Monday nights is karaoke. I, yep. I don't know what they do on Tuesday because it's not mentioned. Maybe they're closed. Maybe that's their night off. Wednesday night, they have live bands, clearly unnamed. Um, Thursday is Flannel Grunge, mm-hmm. which I guess is, you know, probably some Seattle, uh, you know, uh, Pearl Jam knockoff. And then Friday is the is Andy's band at this point named Scarecrow, Scarecrow Boat. Boat. Right. That's right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out because this is probably gonna be the one time that I, I mentioned something that maybe you forgot. So I'm I'm really gonna capitalize on it, people here. Do um, it. before the scene where Anne invites Dr. Harris to Andy's concert, we have a very, very, very quick scene. Not very, very, maybe just one very. We have a very quick scene where we go to uh, city planner Mark Brandanowitz's office. And, oh, you're uh, right. I missed and, that. And his, but see, I have to keep him honest, people. Um, and and his uh, his buddy Nate comes in and says, "Hey, Mark, congratulations." He's like, "Well, for what, there, Nate?" And he says, "Well, you 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 know the speed bump thing. Good job on getting that through." And Mark just kind of looks dejected and goes, I, "I mean, thanks, but." And then to the camera, he's like, "You know, I I lowered a freaking speed bump." by two inches apparently what i can achieve in government can literally be measured literally yeah 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 it's kind of funny if you if and you said you listened to the commentary there you know they've got an advisor on on staff who happens to be a city planner yes and 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 he mentioned that that's actually kind of tough to get done um believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) so that 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 tells you about everything you need to know about small town politics he truly is an unsung hero of the speed bump ladies and gentlemen clearly yep now we're back at paladino's yes sir yes and i think we're about to have our second firsts of this episode right first time we ever see the band mouse rat yeah yeah i think you're right I, think I don't right. think we've seen them. We've heard tell. Um, we've we've had a little bit of. Uh, it's actually been the band has been mentioned twice, 
with this running trope about the band name sequence, but we haven't met the band and this is the first time we actually meet them. Yes. You know what? You're exactly right. Yep. And apparently I guess all three of those guys. So uh, these are the real names of the actors, Michael Chang's on bass uh, and backing vocals. Andy right. Burley Berlinson is on guitar and backing vocals and Mark Rivers is on drums. And those are their, not only their real names, but all three of them actually played their real instruments uh, during all the band scenes, including, uh, you know, um, Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. So pretty impressive. I, and you know what, that that's true. And I also took two notes on that as well. Um, Mark Rivers, who played the drums, um, was actually the writer for all their songs. Isn't that um, great? Yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's really cool. Um, Alan Yang, uh, who Alan Yang ended up joining the the commentary about two thirds of the way through. This is going to be really boring oh, for our right. viewers at home. But um, Rashida Jones was one of the of the people who had originally joined uh, the cast for the uh, for the commentary. And about two thirds of the way through, she goes, um, "Yeah, I got a, a, a chiropractic I got a thing. thing. Yeah, I got a thing. So see ya, suck town." And then Alan Lang goes, "I guess I'm here now." And so. <laughs> He comes in and kind of replaces Rosita Jones. So uh, totally not interesting, but kind of kind of cool. Uh, no, that's fun. All right, what next? Well, what I had next was, I think there's, this is where Andy has his talking head. And, you know, at first he says, hey, we're going to rock out tonight. And first we're going to rock out setting up our, all of our equipment. Um, but then he has his little talking head where he actually goes through the band names. And this is the most complete list of the band names we've heard yet. And I actually happen to have captured it. Yeah, it's a very fun uh, jump cut sequence. It is. Yeah. You ready for these? I am so ready. Hit me. I will say if this is supposed to be canon, then they have already basically contradicted themselves in the previous two episodes because the order of the names does not match what they read here. Even though those were shorter mentions, this is a more complete list, but it's oh, not. Yeah. they skip one in here. But anyway, I'm going to read the one that they, they did in this episode. You ready? Yep. All right. Teddy Bear Suicide, mm -hmm. Mouse Rat, mm -hmm. God Hates Figs, Nice. Two Doors Down, hmm? Department of Homeland Obscurity, Love it. Three Skin, Yep. Just the Tip, <laughs> Flames for Flames, Yep. Muscle Confusion, Like it. Nothing Rhymes with Orange, It Doesn't. Everything Rhymes with Orange, Kind of. Andy Dwyer and the Experience, <laughs> AD and the D-Bags, <laughs> 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 The Andy Andy Andys, Rad wagon, mm. five skin, yep, four skin. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with blorange. Yep, can't, can't argue there. <laughs> no, I guess that's blood orange. Death of a scam artist, razor dick, puppy pendulum, possum mm. pendulum, penis pendulum, mm. <laughs> handrail suicide, yep, angel snack, jet black hope. Oh, I'm sorry, jet black pope. That's mm. even funnier. Punch face champion, ninja dick, mouse rat, and scarecrow boat. So we we've wound we've gone through all of those. They've been they've been mouse rat twice already, and now they're to scarecrow boat. Wow, that is, and I can tell that you got again a plug for the producer's cut. I can tell you got that list from the complete producer's cut, which the the normal show had quite a few. I bet the producer's cut probably had uh, twice as many. Yeah. And yeah. they said in the commentary, too, that, you know, a lot of those was, were were scripted, but, you know, like I think Chris Pratt made up half of them just on the spot. Oh, probably the majority. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fun stuff there. All right. So where do you have us next? I have us uh, at uh, what I thought of as the tete-a-tete -tete part one. 
there you go. And and we see uh, we see Leslie at a at a restaurant meeting with um you know in the normal show we don't know it's George but you know us viewers at home we know it's George now uh, with George Gernway the city two year old uh, city manager from Eagleton and Leslie's talking about the pit and the park they want to build and George starts talking about what movies they both like which mm-hmm. Leslie finds odd but ignores and. She asks him a pointed question about rezoning and he says, oh, it's, you know, refreshing to be with someone who actually likes talking about government issues. And then, you know, that Leslie's mother mentioned she doesn't uh, date much and, you know, becomes clear and clearer to Leslie and also the viewers at home for the normal show that this that he thinks this is a date. And Leslie's embarrassed and a little horrified when he tries to hold her hand and. 833 is the moment that Leslie realizes she's on a date. You can see it in her face. She's, you know, George has gotten personal, you know, Leslie's trying to be all business about the zoning board. Uh, but, you know, I, my favorite part of that whole conversation and part one, as you called it, is when George, George is about to get emotional. He says, you know, the, the divorce was tough. He hasn't dated since the divorce <laughs> and the yeah. divorce was tough on the kids. Well, yeah. not, not the kids because they're grown, but the kids, kids, <laughs> So the grandkids are upset. Oh, that was awesome. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then and then he goes on to tell Leslie, I, I feel like I can tell you anything. So, you know, we started off the scene with Leslie totally not picking up on the verbal cues from George. And now, you know, I think it's about to flip and Leslie is going to really try to shut him down. He's just not going to pick up on her cues. And, and yet she she's I mean, clearly she's not interested, but but she also is very sweet, as is apropos of Leslie, and she doesn't want to be rude to him or anything That's like right. that. So, well, he's kind of uh, like a yeah. grandpa. <laughs> I know, I know, Wait, almost he's, literally. He's like a twice her age. Um, <laughs> there was a there's a nice cut tip for George uh, talking to the camera where he says, uh, "I think it's going quite well." Yes. She looks like a young Sandy, Sandy Duncan. Duncan. That was actually <laughs> one of my AKA choices. Oh, really? It was. Oh, that would have been a good one. I, it would have been a good one. And then uh, I think that's when Leslie goes outside the restaurant and chews her mom out on the cell phone. You know, that's right. And she's like, "Honey, if I told you it was a date, you never would have gone. You're not getting any younger. Just go back in there and finish the dinner. You don't have to have sex with them if you don't want to." It's- well, so she says, "You're not getting any younger." And then Leslie retorts, "Neither is he. He's 62 years old." <laughs> um. So what happens after that? Well, you know, one thing I want to mention about George uh, real oh, yeah. quick before we move on, and, and he does, he's in basically the rest of the episode as well, which is great, but um, he's played by an actor named Roy Perkins, whose wife actually works on the show and for whom the character Ann Perkins actually got named. Oh, so, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. How interesting. And, and Ron is the, Ron, the actor, Ron Perkins is also from Indianapolis, our hometown. Huh. All right. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Just a yeah. little bit north of Pawnee. Yep. So I think. If I'm not mistaken, at this point, you know, the, 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 the pre-concert is in full swing. And yeah, we're uh, back at the bar. Right, right. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're back at the bar, Paladino's, yeah. and um, yeah. Mark arrives, and he sees mm-hmm. Ron with uh, a woman that he says is Beth, ex-wife Tammy's better-looking sister, which I have more to say on that later. I bet. Um, so Ron, Ron says they ran into each other a few weeks ago, realized they both hated Tammy and That's started great. dating just like in a fairy tale. Yeah. And then she goes, Tammy stinks. Yeah. Smiling. Yeah. Yes. That's so fun to say because we hate her. Yeah. Um, then he, and then Mark continues to walk over to Tom who introduces, and I think this is a first, the first time we yes. meet uh, Tom's uh, 
uh, attractive surgeon wife, Wendy Haverford. That's right. Uh, way out of his league. She's rich too. Bam. Yeah. yeah. So, look how hot she is. Isn't that crazy? And she's a surgeon. She makes a ton of money. Like, okay. Yep. Um, and then Mark ends up sitting down with April, who's with a guy named Derek. Derek. As, I, uh, as I had mentioned in the uh, synopsis, is like, uh, you know, the, the, she makes out with him sometimes. Well, she, she says he's the, he's yeah, the gayest ahead. person she knows. There you and go. She sometimes makes out with him when she's drunk. Yep. Totally her idea. Uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. And then terrific. if you don't want to talk to me, just say so. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> he gets up. He's dejected. Like, well, apparently tonight I'm the parks department, seventh wheel, seventh wheel. Actually the, uh, if you don't want to talk to me, just say so line was yet another one of my possible AKAs. That's a good one too. It's a pretty good one. That one's almost a t-shirt. So then I think after this scene, now we're headed back to the restaurant. So, you know, this whole episode, we're, we're bouncing back and forth between these two locations. And, and, and one of the things that we're going to see here in a minute that, that I really enjoyed was that we're going to, basically, we've got two kind of tribes. It's a little bit like Lord of the Rings, right? You know, we've got the, the gang is broken up and they're both on their separate, you know, kind of hero journeys. And they're all going to wind up at the same place by the end of the episode. But, but right, right now, we're still bouncing back and forth. We're back at the restaurant. And I think this is the point where George is showing and Leslie pictures of his sons. Right, right. Like, yeah, he, he, here's all my children. Uh, you know, uh, here's the youngest, or and she, he's about your age. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't uh, want to hear that. No. Um, and then he, I think Leslie tries in vain. I mean, she, she's clearly embarrassed and she tries to kind of say, yeah, hey, can we kind of let's steer back? I have zoning questions for you. And he's like, ah, what? Let's, let's have fun instead. Oh, boy. And then, uh, I think he tries to share his uh, his meal with her, if I'm not mistaken. He does. Actually, this scene was so good. I think we're going to show a clip of this. <laughs> yep. Enough business. Let's have some fun. Try some of my chicken. Oh, no. That's okay. Just a taste. Have a blue taste of chicken. <laughs> chicken, chicken, chicken. <laughs> she does. Mm. Delicious, right? Mm-hmm. I really like this restaurant. Oh, oh, my goodness. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Yep. <laughs> have a little piece of chicken and then i think at the end she is there like he says you know i really like this restaurant she's like yep it's a great place for a business meeting that's right um and then i i think right after that scene in fact they they flash back to the they, they cut back to the concert and a, a clearly angry Anne finally gets her opportunity to like confront andy is like you know andy we need to talk and he's like no well you know hey babe we're getting ready to start you know that yeah. word 11 minutes and 40 seconds and comes in she's a woman on a mission mm-hmm. she is basically marches directly up to the stage where andy is already on stage and she wants to have a conversation and, and then he's like well we're about to start but could you get me he asked her to get her some drink i forget oh why God. and then like yeah. you'd like that wouldn't you like um yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I, I think this is there. So this is, we're about to hear mouse rat play, or I'm sorry, scarecrow boat. Yeah, we're about to hear you. them play for the first time. And um, they actually, I think over the course of the episode, there are five songs mentioned and four that we actually hear. Mm. The first one you mentioned is called Menace Ball. As you said, yep. it was written by the drummer, Mark, Mark Rivers, uh, as were, I think, all the songs. Yep. And um, what, I, what I wrote down about this song was, I wrote Hootie Ripoff. <laughs> it could yep. not be more hootie and the blowfish if it tried yeah yeah but it's actually a, a pretty call. good song 
Yeah, it was. I, I thought that of all the songs, I mean, be, be they be they, you know, derivative ripoffs or whatever. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, they're memorable. Yeah, they are pretty good. So the, the rest of the set list, we've got Menace Ball. Then we get Together Forever, which we also hear. Uh, Gossip Town, which is referenced, but we never hear mm-hmm. in either cut of the episode. And which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And The Pit, which we'll yep. also talk about. So. Yeah, I went on Scarecrow Boat's website to get that set list, by the way. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) So I think I think that we have. So we're cutting back and forth, I think, from the concert to the restaurant. Um, We we, you know, the concert started with Menace Ball. They cut back to the to the restaurant. That's right. I think Leslie's on her phone and George is like, uh, you know, uh, am I keeping you from something? And she's like, well, no. Well, yeah. You know, my friend has a concert. I'd really like to go. And it's at first he goes, you know, well, you know, that's okay. I don't mind. And I think by the look on her face, she thinks that he's about to give her a pass and just let yeah. her leave for the rest of the night. And he's yeah. like, I, I haven't been at a concert in a long time. Do you like the, the Everly brothers? <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked about this scene was that he actually says, Hey, you can go to the rock show. And that's where right. the episode gets its title rock show. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was good because only George would call it a rock show, right? A Nobody show. in their in their in, in Leslie's age is going to call it a rock show and certainly would not then refer to the Everly brothers as their favorite rock and roll band. Well, yeah, in the same genre as Scarecrow Boat, you know, the great rock shows, Everly Brothers Clearly. and Scarecrow Boat. That's right. Soon to be Mouse Rat. Yep. Yep. So then I think after this, we are oh, actually. So right after that, George has his own talking head again, and he says he's receiving really positive signals. Yeah, grinning like an idiot right to the camera. I don't know what conversation or what night he's having, but I didn't see it. I wonder what it's like to live in his head. I know. (laughs) All right. So now we're back at the bar again, 13 minutes, 42 seconds, and gives Andy a death stare that if it could kill, I think it would kill him directly on stage. See, your times are, this is interesting. Your, your times oh, are, are, are accurate, but they're messing me up because you're on the producer's cut. Because I took Sorry. times down too. And I'm like, what scene is he talking about? Crazy uh, man. Um, yeah, no, we'll I, have to I, compare I, our notes before the show next time. <laughs> hey, this is how the sausage is made, people. That's um, right. So yeah, the, the band's rocking out. And, and we, we have a scene that I really like uh, just because it's so silly that yeah. the the three couples you have Ron and um, Beth. Beth, yeah. You have uh, April and Gabe, but sometimes a drunk makeup partner Derek, kind <laughs> of dancing, and then yeah. and Tom and Wendy, and they're all just kind of like dancing, and they all have yeah. their own little weird version of dancing, including Ron, just with this little silly shuffle, which you know, oh, given yeah. his character is so odd just to see him, and and you know, then they the song ends and we see Anne drinking a beer and, you know, everyone's getting into it and she's just staring at him like you're saying. And then he, he does an acoustic song called Anne. And he, so he starts <laughs> to play that and Anne is just not having it. She glares at him, grabs her beer and blah, just gets, goes to the back of the bar, gets a table far away. I love um, how he sets it up. He goes, this one's dedicated to her, my girlfriend. <laughs> and she is you know there's nothing he can say at this point she's gonna have to have words with him i think to move past this if she ever does oh absolutely and i i think that mark oh brendanowitz i got some things to say about you here yep but but mark walks up you know starts to make conversation a little bit and and uh vents to him a little bit and this seems harmless so far and vents to him because she's kind of pissed about andy and 
Um, yep. And Mark just says like, I don't get the two of you. You know, there are tons of guys out there who have jobs that respect you, you know, that think you're attractive and, 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 and calls them on it. Like, like you, like, Oh, well, no, not me. Not me. Oh, well, good for a second there. I thought you were hitting on me in front of my boyfriend. Like, Oh no, that's not my style. Even though you did just call him a big lying baby. And I do find you attractive. Oh, so you are hitting on me. Oh no, no, I'm not. I promise. But if I were, would you be interested? Like, Good Lord, man. And her response is no. And let me tell you why. And then she goes, she reads him the riot act and it lasts what, maybe two minutes. And she just lays him out. It is terrific. And he just backs off. Okay. 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 okay I'm not okay, asking okay. you out. I it, promise. Oh. I love, I love right before that, you know, she's, um, you know, Mark, he tries to be subtle before he hits on her, you know, he fails at that too. And uh, he says, you know, uh, they're really good. The band's really good. I just, I hate their name. And, Ann says, yeah, they should be called Big Lying Baby or Where's My Sandwich or Don't Forget to Bring Beers Home After Work. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. So there so you go. You Three more up. unofficial titles for the band formerly known as Mouse Rat. Um, so then I think that, um, you know, their their final song starts to play a little bit after this. And, you know, it, it's yep. it's the, the rock ballad about the pit, the pit yep. and, and everyone kind of sways their arms and gets their lighters or the, you know, the, the faux lighters on their cell phones or whatever and starts waving them around. And Leslie arrives with George. That's right. Uh, and Andy, uh, everybody's at the same place. Yep. And uh, Andy finishes up the song and thus the concert because it's the last song. And thanks the audience and announces that they are Scarecrow Bro. No, screw it. We're Mouse Rat. Mouse Just rat. changes their name right at the end. What a yep. what an idiot. Um, yep. Leslie joins the group and and she's sad that she missed the entire concert. And then <laughs> when asked who her friend is, oh yeah, G- George pipes up and says he's her date. And Alan, I don't know what the Hoyle name of what I'm about to say is, but I have I have my phrase for it. What's that? And this is a hashtag first, I believe. Tom, open mouth grins. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm calling it. Tom nice. does his weird little open mouth grin to the camera. He is so tickled at, at all of this. Yes, uh, he is. Alan just did it for those of you viewers who, who can yeah, clearly see Yeah, for the viewers at home. Yeah, they're not viewers. Uh, so then, uh, you know, Leslie introduces him and, and, and Tom... <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of my favorite moments. Tom was, was on good. fire and he's like, well, hi, George Gurnway. I'm Tom Haverford. This is my wife, Wendy. She's my age. <laughs> AKA number four for me. Oh, wow. You I mean, fire, there, dude. there were such good lines in this show and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the scoring later, but you know, there, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. There, there is the, the scoring is going to be interesting. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so then I think this is when Andy is, uh, says to the camera, Oh yeah. Uh, I look, I have, I have, I know Anne's upset with me. I have no idea why, but I do know that Anne is too nice to yell at me in front of all that's these right. people. So I am not leaving this bar like that. So he's going to live there now. He's going to avoid her as long as he can. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's fearful of what's going to happen if he doesn't. And then I, I think, I think Tom had another oh, great line, uh, uh, couple uh, great Tom lines. Uh, with, with George's and, you know, he's talking to him and it seems like he's just being nice and, you know, is shooting the bull with him. And he's like, Oh, I hear he went to Indiana state. My buddy Todd went there. You know, maybe, you know, him. what year did you graduate? Uh, 1968. 1968. <laughs> Ooh, Todd graduated in 2005. So you probably missed him. <laughs> probably missed him. Yeah. Just three years bit. or so. Yeah. 
and then and then he he pauses and then with a big goofy open mouth grin again how's your date with leslie <laughs> he just wants to hear all about it i love it then i think we cut away and then uh you know the andy has done everything he can to avoid Anne. The time has come. He's going to pay his comeuppance. He tries one last stab at, you know, trying to do an encore with, you know, Leslie's request. But she's like, no, we have to go. And uh, they, they finally leave. I, I think, yeah, Le- Leslie, you know, walks up and hugs him and like, oh, you know, I, and he's like, oh, it's Leslie. Hey, everybody, it's Leslie. Let's stay around and, you know, talk with Leslie. And Leslie says, you know, hey, I look, I'm really sorry. I wanted to see your concert and I missed everything. And d- could you do an encore? And he's yeah. like, yeah. The encore and let's Anne's unpack like, the bags yeah and Anne's like no no way and he's like oh honey come on and leslie's here with her dad like <laughs> it, it would be impolite to not do an encore and she uh, gives him a you know a death stare and you're like okay let's go yeah. he's gonna kind of pay the piper now then, then we have our what i think is the third of the the trifecta for tom right we get back george has basically dozed off at the table oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> And Tom walks up and kind of does the weighing hands kind of thing and says, dead or asleep, dead or asleep. Yep. It's a, it's a new game. You can play at home. That's right. And Parker Leslie, <laughs> See, nailed it. And then so Leslie comes over and, and wakes up George and is like, I should probably head home now. I'm out like a lamb. Yeah. And, and, and he shakes hands with Leslie and like, he didn't try to do any of the, yeah. you know, yeah. cliche, like, you know, well, Hey baby, yeah. you know what you, he didn't you do wanna... a brand Right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and yeah, you know, he shakes hand with Leslie and leaves. And then, then George has, I think his last talking head yeah, to the camera. Yeah. And he's like, I had a nice time. I don't think I would go out with her again. There was, there's was just no spark. No spark. No. Yeah. 30 or 40 cues that should have told him there was no spark hours earlier. And he finally did figure it out though. And I think George leaving kind of signals the beginning of, you know, the rest of the gang leaving. I think the next scene, yeah. uh, Ron and uh, Ron, uh, in the parking lot. Ron yeah. and Tom and April are out there with their dates, hailing a cab. And right before they get in, Ron's at a, who wants to see me climb a tree? <laughs> Which I don't really understand was kind of funny. Um, actually, I re- remember in the commentary, you'll be so proud of me for remembering this. Um, they said uh, Ron, uh, Nick Offerman did a couple different takes on, you know, different things that he says before he gets in the cab. And one of them had him asking who wants to catch raccoons and put them in Leslie's office, (laughs) which would have been kind of funny. (laughs) That's great. So from that scene outside the bar, we transition, we're back inside the bar for just a brief moment. You know, um, Leslie, you know, she's getting her purse and she's leaving. Mark is sitting at the bar and catches her and convinces her to stay. And, and they have a couple beers and they're, they're kind of joking around and commiserating a little bit, you know. Um, and then, you know, Leslie congratulates him on the speed bump piece. And, uh, you know, a little oh, bit yeah. of flirting ensues at that point. And, um, you know, there's a, I love, there's a Leslie talking head at this point where she says, you know, there's about a million similarities between tonight, that night that we hooked up five years ago. And then she names two of them. They were drunk and they were in a bar. Yeah. So I don't know what the other, you know, 999,998 were, but we know those two. Yeah. I, I think she, she even had like a little throwaway phrase, like, you know, uh, she goes, you know, Mark and I are really connecting tonight. Like we connected that night when we made love five years ago. Like, oh, my Jesus and crow, stop it, stop it. And you know he knows what he's getting into. He has to. There's no way. 
So anyway, the bartender comes back, says, hey, we're closing up. Right. And um, he he gets some beers to go, which I didn't know was a thing you could do in Indiana. I, I'm pretty sure you can't, in fact. I Well, the, the places I go, you can. <laughs> South side. Yeah. Southside yeah. trash. Anyway, so they uh, so they 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 take their drinks to go there, and um, they a- end up just hanging out outside the pit yeah, of all the places. That's right. right uh, I, I think on the other side of the pit from where Ann's house is, if I remember right, there's like a bench. Yeah, there, there, there would like be that. a vantage point we're going to see from 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 Ann's house across, just partially across the pit to where they're at. Right. And, they get a couple uh, lawn chairs there. So they're sitting there by the pit. And uh, I think Mark throws a bottle in the pit. Oh, yeah. When they first get to the pit, then the, uh, Mark sees a shopping cart down in the pit. And he he takes his empty and he tries to aim for the shopping cart and misses way left, apparently. And then, yeah. you know, Leslie's making fun of him, but she's 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 nervous to do it, too, because, you know, she's the deputy director of Muckety Buck and uh, doesn't want to get caught. And then he's like, and you can tell Mark is like way, way drunk at this point. Oh, like, yes. oh come on. No one's going to see just a deputy director. <laughs> and so then she tries to throw it and ends up going backwards, which he finds extremely funny. Like you missed the whole bit and it's really huge. Then I think we transition. We're back. We're now we're at Ann's house. We're inside. Yeah. And this is where the scene is happening, right? Mm, I, I don't know how uncomfortable. Well. Yeah, no. Mm. And I don't know what the car ride from the bar to Ann's house was like. I see. Yeah, it was not good because <laughs> things have, have have escalated, as they say in the business. Yeah, it's probably DEFCON 2 at this point. <laughs> now, two, 2 is the, the uh, bad number, right? 5 is like a good number, and then like 1 is like the worst, right? Well, 3 so is a that? magic number, but but 2 <laughs> is worse than 3 in DEFCON terms. Um, there you go. 1 is better in golf, but not in war. I don't know. It, it's something okay. like that. Yeah. It, 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 in sports, right? something about sports i don't i don't know about that anyway so it's uh so yeah they're they're having it out and 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 uh you know andy is insisting that he didn't do anything wrong and then and finally just like here it comes it's defcon one like point blank asks him yes or no could you have had your cast off two weeks ago and he's like yep. are you calling dr harris a liar That's right. and, uh, yeah let's get him on the phone yeah. And then she's like, well, not right now. What are you doing? That's and right. she threatens to call him. And then he's like, yep. and then it's fine. And then this is where my AKA comes in. He's like, fine. You want the truth? Okay. Could I have gotten my cast off two weeks ago? Technically, yes. yes. But I really, really like it when you serve me food. Get out. Uh, and, and just kicks him out. And oh, then see. All the things he could have said. I mean, you know, I. I wasn't ready. Um, I was worried. Uh, yeah. The fact that he basically, he had just basically been using her. Yeah. And, and that was the the second time in the episode that I really wished Anne would have Rochambeaued someone. Yeah. For yeah. those of you who don't know, uh, Rochambeau is a term from uh, the, the great, great series. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called South Park, I think. And uh, it basically involves kicking someone in the. Yep. Well, a guy. So, you know, fill in the blank there. Rochambeau. Yeah, there you go. Is that Cartman? That was good. That is Cartman. Um, we'll have to have him on the show. Oh my god! I'd gosh. love to hear Cartman's ta- Cartman's vantage point of Parks and Rec. I would he? You know, he's quite a scholar. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. word. <laughs> so anyway, the, after that, and so she's like kicks him out of the house, says she needs to talk about the relationship. Blam, and then Andy's outside. Yeah. And uh, if, if I remember right, in the producer's cut. 
there's a uh, an, an extended scene uh, when Andy gets kicked out by Anne. He 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 turns around. He goes outside. He looks at the camera, yes. and the original scene ended in the producer's yeah. cut. He he looks at the camera, and then he turns around to the door and says babe i'm not going anywhere until you forgive me i'm not giving up on you and then he turns to the camera and winks that's like, right oh my god the douche He's meter not just went up, up her. A, yeah Ugh. douche meter just went up another few notches yeah um, he and brandanowitz right now are basically tied for douche of the day um you know i they're both in rare form in this uh, in this particular scene yeah i'd have to agree with that unfortunately and then so i i think we're we're cut back to uh mark and yeah, Leslie. i think we're sitting in the lawn chairs now finally they've sat down okay. and they're they're talking you know and and this is where i think you know uh you know mark talks about the the pit project and compliments her and she gets all doughy eyed and, and and this is when they finally kiss right and and i think yes and and before that just because i i think this is kind of an interesting little point and they may have touched on this in the in the producer's cut um before that moment, she she asked Mark to give it to her straight. She goes, look, you know, we're oh, sitting here right. at the pit and, you know, you, I'm, I'm trying to turn this into a park. Mark, be honest with me. You know, do you, do you think it's ever going to happen? And he jokes around for a little bit. It's like, oh, it's a park already. Ha, ha, ha. And then, you know, which is kind of funny. He does some good yeah. ad lib moments there, actually. And yeah. then he says kind of pragmatic and 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 uh, I mean, kind of pessimistic, I guess, but just more pragmatic than any. He's like, I don't know. You know, there's going to be uh a lot of red tape and roadblocks and yeah, people trying to that you want. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of smile at home when you hear Leslie say, screw it. I'm going to try it anyway. That's right. You, know, you think good for you. Yeah. And then he, he's like, I really admire your tenacity. Kissy, yeah. Kissy, oh, that's kissy. what did it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She got vulnerable at that point and you know, there was no turning back. And then I think to, to now uh, uh, mash up the, the two scenes, Andy, who has been kicked out by Anne, That's right. is, is across the, uh, the equator there uh, of the pit uh, and, and has a great vantage point, like you said, of, right. of Mark. He's Mack not really spying on him per se, but, you know, he's got no other place to go. So this is his form of entertainment for the moment. Yep. That's his TV show over the night, I guess. That's right. um, and <laughs> and Leslie stops Mark saying, you know, this isn't this isn't the way that she wants to, it to happen again right interesting choice of words there very much i caught that too and she and so mark tries to convince her and which i really didn't like that he did this mark's like leslie it's not a big deal yeah um yeah but but she but she politely suggests that mark go home and and he says okay you know he's like i'm sorry you know and he gets up falls right into the pit yep yep it's a great, you know, it's a good tumble too. Andy it just loses it. I, I watched the, actually the scene where I'm sure it was a stunt double, unless uh, Paul Schneider's a tougher guy than he looks like. But <laughs> the, the guy who fell in the pit, you know, he falls in backwards and he does what looks like an awful face smash yeah, into the- It, it, uh, like, it looks very painful. Oh, so. yikes on a half. And, yeah. then, and then Andy- um which he can't I, I know, contain himself no he's no he thinks this is hysterical and russ and russ just chuckling just runs back slaps his hand on the door goes babe babe and you know ann's mad at him and everything but he's like yeah. no 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 this this is too good slaps on the door you gotta come you gotta come and she's like what like you know that guy mark oh yeah God. he fell into the pit you know and you're a nurse you know so you should really uh, uh go and help him and she's like oh crap so she grabs her uh 
her first aid kit, her little go bag. Yeah. Go, go her, her, uh, yeah. And, and runs, uh, runs, uh, to get, uh, to give Mark some help. And Andy, uh, now here, the douche meter has gone to 10 seeing yep. in, in douche terms high is a, is a bad thing. So he, the douche meter, uh, reaches the opposite 10. of the DEFCON scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the D bag scale. And there you go. Nicely done. And he, he, so the, the door is open because Anne rushed out to help Mark. That's right. So he just kind of saunters into the house. Yeah, like, like nothing it, ever yeah. happened. He, he jumps over the couch, grabs yep. some potato chips, starts watching real housewives and just has <laughs> beating grin on his face. And, uh, and, and that's where it ends. Oh my it's like, well, dude, what are you doing? You know, this, it's like, there, there were moments of hope for him in, in the last episode and even early in this episode. But then we, you know, we, we jump over to Anne's side on this, I think, pretty quickly once we realize what he's done and, you know, that he is that guy's, you know, like we said in episode one, he was totally taking advantage of her. You know, she, she's nice and, and wants to help him. It's, you know, she's got that nurturing side as a nurse and, you know, man, he has really just been using her. So, right. So now that's so we did a, a very uh, nice detailed breakdown there of the of the episode. Now, do we want to like give our personal, you know, is this the festivus for the rest of us? Is this when we give our feelings <laughs> about the characters and what uh, how awesome or debaggedy they are? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know uh, we'll we'll go through the 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 simple ones first. No, Jerry. Sure. Uh, right. He got a credit. I think I, maybe he was on screen. I don't know. I didn't see him. I don't think uh, Don or was Donna. in it. Donna was literally that. not on screen, nor was she given a, a guest credit. Um, oh, that's on the, interesting. On the version I watched. So, you know, they're, they're basically non-existent. You know, Tom is, is got a pretty meaty part, but not a lot of character development. Um, Ron's role in this one is very interesting. I mean, it's like comic relief and nothing else, which is really unusual for him, right? I mean, I, so far right. he's had that too, but it's always had a little bit of meat on it. This time it's just, he, he's like, a, it's not even important that he's who he is. Right. And I, I think that, uh, so I have a couple of thoughts on that. One is, um, I think they said this in the producer's cut so I'm mining this for a lot of material here. They said <laughs> in the producer's cut that, you know, the, the, the scene where Mark first arrives at the concert and, yep. and he's, he meets Ron and, and, you know, the ex-wife Tammy's sister, much more attractive sister, Beth. And they were like, Oh, Nick, this is the, the commentary. You know, I was like, Oh, Nick Offerman. He's so awesome. And then, yeah. you know, what a, what a rich full mustache. I'm so jealous, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then I think it maybe it was Rashida Jones at that point that said, you know, the funniest thing about Nick Offerman is, you know, he's, he's a manly man and everything, but he has the, the oh. silliest, goofiest little giggle. <laughs> that, I mean, it sounds like a cartoon character. It's like the, you know, little giggling, mischievous little girl. You yeah. remember? Oh, yeah. And we've barely heard it to this point in the series. And as the no. series goes on, you'll get to hear this great laugh. And I always wondered if that was a Ron Swanson laugh or a Nick Offerman laugh. And of course, the commentary points it out. But and if you listen to, uh, you know, his podcast with 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 Tammy <laughs> or his real life wife, Megan. Yeah, yeah uh, they're they're in bed series. Um, he when he laughs oh my gosh it is funny it, it, <laughs> even if what they're talking about isn't funny if he finds it funny you immediately find it funny oh yeah yeah just I, got I that laugh. well i i would have bet money that that was an affectation that nick Me offerman too. chose for the yeah. character because it was 
so unexpected yeah. that you couldn't help but laugh. But no, yeah. that's that's Nick no, Offerman. Just just 100%. happens to work. Um, yeah, I, I uh, Ellen, I agree with you. I think that you know Don and Jerry, of course, are not present at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the Tom, Ron, and April, while they had some very funny moments, I think as far as character development, there really wasn't anything there. I think they they clearly served as a as comic relief. Yeah, no, this so is that, a Leslie storyline for sure. Yeah, so I so now the, you know the the big four I think that we have left are you know uh, Leslie and Mark and yeah. Anne and Andy. So I'll tell you, in my opinion, so of the four of those, I think the easiest one to talk about first is Anne. Yeah, in my opinion, just because she enough is enough right so she's finally kind of seen the light and is willing to stand up for herself which is very good and we all are kind of like yeah you know about time you know good for her um and and i and i like ann in this episode even though she was grumpy in and for good reason my only parting thought on her was you know it dawned on me at some point thinking about it that you know I think she's chosen this moment somewhat on purpose, not just because of having found out from the doctor that he could have gotten it off earlier, but, you know, now Andy is not defenseless. He, he can walk. um, He, Uh so in the back of her mind, I'm wondering if she isn't saying, been maybe thinking that this isn't working. This is the last straw. um, And now she's, you know, this kind of first time she kicks him out of the house here is just maybe, uh, where where her brain is going to be headed in a more permanent way soon. That that was my only last thought on Anne. Um, and of course, you know, this is the the season finale, so we don't find out right away, but we'll, we'll find out early in season two. Right, right. And you know, I hadn't. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. That you know, if if Anne had, for the sake of argument, kicked him out, you know, a couple episodes ago, yeah, I can understand because when he deserved it then too, but maybe maybe not quite to this degree. Right. But, but I could understand because Anne's a nice person, how, whether, whether she should have or not, I can understand if she would have felt a little bit guilty for kicking him out because he has the two broken legs, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Um, And, you know, it's interesting as I was making my, my notes for this episode, he has three crutches and she's one of them. (laughs) I said, uh, I think in my notes, I started to type down, you know, um, Anne and Andy go back to uh, their house. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not their house. That's Anne's house. He's a big leech. Yeah. So who else? Andy, uh, let's finish Andy because at this point, you know, again, I I think he's kind of come full circle on this season and, you know, and in fact, you know, this is maybe more of a closing argument, if you will, for the episode in general, but in a way, the whole, the whole plot has come full circle. You know, it starts the season with Andy falling in the pit and then we get to, you know, learn and like Andy a little bit. And, you know, he's got his kind of dorky, you know, doofy moments. He's funny, but, you know, ultimately we've both complained that he, he obviously took advantage of Anne early on and has clearly still been doing it and on purpose. And, and it's ironic to me that when he sees Mark fall into the pit, that, and he hops on the couch and is watching, you know, was that Real Housewives? Is that what you said? It was. Okay. I, I wouldn't know that. But anyway. I know I know uh, my TV. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, you know, now we've come full circle. Andy fell in the pit. Mark has fallen in the pit. So, you know, and so, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's just, it found it interesting to me. And there, I don't know if there's a lot more to say about him. You know, we, we're going to kind of wait it out and see what happens with him. I'm, I called in my notes, I referred to him, you know, he was hopped over on the couch eating potato chips, like the man child that he is. That's what I wrote. Nicely put. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, I, I tell you what, let, let me give my thought on kind of the Andy and Mark douche duo. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, I want to finish up with what you think about Mark as well. Um, you know, for me with both Mark and Andy, uh, I was lured in Alan. I was lured in by past episodes into thinking, Oh, they, they've, they've turned a corner. How nice. I bet everything will be just great now. Um, because we do, you know, I, I, we even made a mention in episode, I want to say four, um, that Andy did a very nice thing for Anne, which it, it stood out. I mean, yeah, it was a nice thing, but it especially stood out because he previously was a little douchey, a lot yeah. douchey. And it was yeah. very unlike him. So you're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe this is an indication of things, th- things to come. That's certainly um, what we were hoping. That's certainly what we were hoping. Uh, you know, and, and with Mark, I, I think that we saw in episodes uh, four and five, uh, he had at least moments, if not explicit moments, at least they were hinted at that he's not, you know, he's not really that guy anymore. Like he used to be kind of, you know, the yep. playboy, whatever. And then he's just not, that's not who he is. And I was like, okay, well, that's nice. It, it shows, yeah, I think, uh, I think by the end of episode five, I felt pretty solidly that, you know, that he had kind of was was growing and we were actually seeing it right and then in this episode uh in this episode alan oh my gosh they they both relapsed and fell on their faces Uh, and and i would say to be fair um you know uh, i'm creating one douche category and lumping both (laughs) guys in them and that's maybe a little bit unfair i'd say maybe andy deserves that a little bit more than mark um you know andy's screw up is pretty i don't know mark hit on both Anne and leslie in this episode well, look, it's the numbers, Alan. Eventually, <laughs> the numbers game. look, yeah, you know that. Um, no, I, I do. I do agree with the kind of that's I mean, Andy screw up. Let's start with Andy. That's easier. Andy screw up is pretty indefensible. You know, he was just very, very selfish in his motivations. He didn't care at all what Anne was going through. Um, and, and to cap it off, when he runs inside the house at the end, you know, with this, uh, you know, crap eating <sighs> grin on his face, like yeah. nothing ever happened. You know, I wanted the Rochambeau moment to occur. Again. Well, and, and he's kind of taking pleasure in someone else's pain, you know, which not a cool thing either. See, and that's what you just said right there. I really, really like. And that's why I want to contrast this a little bit. Because you do Mark. that too. Is that why? I do do that. And that's going to be my own <laughs> podcast called Shut the Hell Up, Alan. Um, but, <laughs> no, but, but for Mark, though. Uh, it's a, it's a little trickier. Like I, and like we said, I do think in episodes four and five, there were moments where it seemed like the writers were making a point to say, Hey, you know what? He's kind of turning a corner. Um, I you know think- what? I'll give you one better. Mm-hmm. Mark has a slight card here that he gets to play and it's the mm-hmm. drunk card. Right. I mean, you hit on this. Yeah. You said it. the again comment, right? I think the last time this happened five years ago when Leslie had her magical moment as she remembers it, yeah. they were probably both drinking. Right. Yeah. And, and so Mark's behavior here, you know, it's drunk Mark. Andy's fully sober. Right. And, and that's a great point. That's a great point. In addition to that, I would say that he, I, I, I won't call this an excuse per se, because I don't feel like that's exactly right, but an explanation at least as to why he may mm-hmm. have succumbed to uh, hitting on both Ann and Leslie. No, he's at the concert and he's seeing all these people paired up. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but he's feeling kind of lonely and kind of down. And like you said, he's drinking. And, you know, so as much as it sounds like I'm defending him a little bit, it's really only in contrast with Andy. He definitely took a step backwards here. I, I especially, and I think I said this earlier, I especially didn't like it when he told Leslie, it's not a big deal knowing full well that it was a big deal to Leslie. Exactly. Um, 
And he knows that. that because they had that, that moment talking about it, you know, what happened five years ago earlier in this season. And he knows it was a big deal to Leslie. So See, I don't and know. That, and that's just it. You, you can't, I mean, I, I get it. This is a sitcom. So I'm not trying to get that serious. And right, yet right, I would right. say if you, if you have a moment where you're on camera and you're like, I didn't sleep with her. And then you're like, but, but to your point earlier, I, I think, you know, yes, it's semi-excusable. Mark's feeling like the seventh wheel. He's sad for himself, but I, I don't think it's an excuse. You know, uh, he could have made out with Derek, um, you know, and that would have been fine. And Derek could probably have been into that. Look, I don't want to admit this. I was a secret shipper for that. <laughs> All right. So, so, so that, that kind of wraps them up. What about Leslie? I mean, that's, that's really the only other person we haven't talked about. And, you know, we, we've seen her arc of this season. You know, there was that kind of momentary step back with the, the potential blackmail. But we, we talked about the growth last week. And, you know, she's not the pushover she was. And, and you know, she's, she's you know, I, I think the one of the comments she made here about, you know, uh, at the pit sitting there with Mark, you know, she's going to go for it anyway. I mean, that's yeah. the the prevailing Leslie spirit. Right. And uh, that's why we like her. And, and you know, to that point, um, I, I think they said this again. This is the producer's cut. Um, they, yeah. they mentioned that. Uh, Buy the DVDs, everybody, and you'll get to watch the same version we did. It's fantastic. Um, I, I can't remember if this was Rashida Jones or if it was someone else who mentioned that Amy Poehler, when she mm-hmm. read the scene that she had with uh, with uh, uh, Paul Schneider as Mark Brandanowitz, and she asked him, you know, do you think this will ever be done? And she she mentioned in her mind, if if Brandanowitz had said, yes, mm-hmm. you will get it done. Amy, Amy Poehler's like, I think Leslie would have slept with him. Like if yeah. he had just been supportive and like, you can do this, which that's really kind of an insightful thought, you know, that, that's that would have been cool if that happened. And then, but then he's like, no, I'm a, you know, I don't know, Leslie, it's going to be tough. And I think that kind of, I don't want to say broke the spell because she was clearly into making out with him anyway, but it's, it, right. it kind of lessened it a little bit, you know? It certainly pulled her out of it sooner, right? And right. you know, she realized that wasn't what she wanted in the way she wanted it to happen. And, you know, which is what the responsible adult and either of them should have done. And clearly, you know, Mark's uh, inebriation is not allowing him to get there. Right. You know, what's interesting to me is that, um, you know, of these big four that we're doing, both the guys are kind of douches and both both of the women good for them their their main defining thing is they kind of one way or another were able to move past the guys that they were in, either yeah. involved with or hung up on you know that's, that's very and, interesting i mean they're going to end the season that way right kind of that's right yeah no that's very interesting i think it's interesting what's going to happen in season two but we're going to save it for season two <laughs> i agree and, and well you know i thought in a sense so much happens with leslie in this episode and yet and I certainly don't want to cheapen her her story or the arc by just going, oh, you know, her character development as she gets over Brandanowitz. I I don't know that there's a lot of explicit character development that happened with her, but no. that's a that's a pretty meaningful step for her. I mean, to it have is. someone who's like, you know, five years ago we made love, like, okay, I get that you have zero to six sex partners a year, um, <laughs> zero, but uh, yeah, we're zero. So yeah, I I thought that it was. Um, it was a good story and, and a good plot. And I think that's something that they were able to, to improve upon and that the audience, at least I was able to appreciate as season one went on. You know, I, I, it, yeah. I, I don't think that it was quite as present 
in the early episodes, uh, understandably, right? It's the beginning. The universe is new. We don't know these people. So you can't really be invested in it. Yeah. Um, And, and this being a shortened season, you know, they knew that they had the pilot, they got picked up, but only for a handful of episodes, pretty common. Like we've talked about in the past, you know, they're going to have to earn their way into a second season by this point, they probably have, but they were only given six, six episodes to tell this story. And, and, you know, they've, I think they've kind of now put a bow on a couple of important aspects, especially the, the Leslie story and the Anne story and, you know, gives them a whole new roadmap and ramp for season two and beyond. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, You want to take a break real quick, Mark? And then when we come back, we'll give this thing a score. Yep. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back everybody. If you enjoy rock and roll, then you should get in your vehicle and head directly to Paladino's. Hello. My name is Ron Swanson and I prefer jazz, but for those with less refined taste, Paladino's has live bands every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Mondays, come enjoy karaoke with our all-you-can-eat hot wings. Limit five per customer. This Friday, come hear the rocking sounds of Scarecrow Boat, formerly Three Skin, formerly Four Skin, formerly Just the Tip. I was asked to tell you that they really rock the house, whatever that means. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody. We're back from break. All right, Mark, what do you think? Well, you know, Alan, during the break, I, I thought of a couple of extra things that uh, I had forgotten to mention previously uh, before we get to scoring. One is that, um, I don't know about you, but I found myself getting kind of angry with Leslie's mother <laughs> this episode because, you know, we've... Worse we've, than blackmail? Oh, man, I... Kind of, because this is just stupid. <laughs> I mean, I I know that this is, I think, the third time that we've been exposed to her in one way or yeah. another. I think, you know, during the normal episode, it was just a phone call. But, right. um, you know, every single time I kind of come away from the experience with her mom of going, oh, yeah, it's just it's just a little. Yeah, yeah you just want and, and Pamela Reed is such an excellent actress. She's totally selling it. But, you know, I guess the third, you know, D-bag in this episode, you know, we got Andy, obviously, and Mark might be Leslie's mom. Wow. I never thought about that, that that she may complete the D-bag trifecta. And, yeah. and I agree with you. Uh, Pamela Reed is great. Uh, I think she does such a great job. But man, I, you just want more for Leslie. And you're just like, yeah. oh, she just so that that's one thing that occurred to me. Um, the other thing is this is probably kind of unfair for me to say actually because it's my comment is based on future knowledge that a casual viewer wouldn't yet have but it seems so weird to me that ron would date anybody even remotely related to either of his crazy crazy ex-wives both named tammy you know so you you have some trouble with ron dating uh beth Beth. Yes, I can remember her name for a minute. I mean, at first I thought, well, you know, my ex-wife, her better looking sister, that'll learn her. Like like if if, as a new viewer, and they are viewers, uh, I I think, you know, if you don't know any better, you could go, eh, all right. But because I have future knowledge, and that's why it's borderline not fair of me to say this, but he, we have, in the future, if we could travel, time travel, you know, Alan, yeah. and go to when we're, we're doing those, those, that was very impressive. Wow. Hmm. Um, 
but if you go to the future, you can see that he, there are episodes where he goes to ridiculous extremes to avoid them, run from them, hide from them, to do True. anything he can to stay away from them. So the fact that he's like <laughs> actually like Icarus flying too close to the to to the wood shop there uh you know he's uh I I find it hard to believe that he would date Beth but you know what meh I'll let it go look make me a promise for future episodes I want at least one Greek mythology reference per episode if possible done all right nailed it no I I don't disagree with you I I really feel like um future Ron you know I just right. saw on my time machine he, he's guy. not gonna do that um, you know, uh, Beth, you know, being whatever and all, that's great, but he is not, yeah, he's going to stay away from that whole clan. Right. Yeah. Plus, I agree. plus again, you know, going upon future knowledge, but help me out here. Did we, I don't think we ever saw Beth again. No, like, what, no. That was a throwaway character, right? No, this is like the first episode of the Waltons and quite a few other shows <laughs> where a sibling or a, a main character, just, they're gone. You never see yeah. them again. Smart Jerry. Yeah. Dumb, you know, whatever, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, R.I.P. Anyway, those are my only two thoughts. Did you have anything else? Or you want to get to <laughs> no? Story? You know, I, I I think I said it before the break. I, I feel like most of what I would have left to say is going to be in the scoring. So let's do that. Let's let's give it a score. And gotcha. um, I think you know you went first with the AKAs. I, I'll give. Let's keep the theme going then. Why don't you kick <laughs> us off? All right, all right. I will. Um, as I think about how I feel about this episode, I. I, I was forced to reflect back on the, the earlier episodes in the season. Um, episodes one through three, you know, I, I, I kind of mentioned this before. We don't really know the characters. We don't know the Park and Rec universe. So there's not really a lot to grab onto. And as a result, for me at least, these episodes are scored largely based on the pure humor content. You know, mm -hmm. if it's funny, it scores high. And if it's not, it's scored low. Okay. Um, there's there's not a whole lot there uh, to help it flesh to help flesh them out you know i think with episode two maybe i gave a, a kind of a negative uh you know skew towards it because of a couple things but in general it's just is it funny or not that was kind of what it boiled down to gotcha now for me with episode four this started to change a little bit so like in i remember in 2009 good lord 11 years ago it was a long time ago it was i want to visit it in my time machine and tell myself not to eat fried rice for breakfast every day. Um, in, in 2009, when I first watched season one of Parks yeah. and Rec, I remember, and this is 11 years later, I yeah. remember the single most memorable moment for me was Ron's monologue in episode four, which I called the Darth Vader syndrome, where, yeah. where he defends Leslie. And, and it was memorable to me, not for its humor, but it, although it was funny, but because it was a very powerful moment. I really liked where they were going with the character. Episode five, uh, I ended up giving episode five the same score as episode four, Five Little Sebastians. Uh, although I realize now, in retrospect, I did it for slightly different reasons. Episode four, in, in my opinion, was the most consistently funny episode of season one. However, episode five i think had a little bit more heart it had i was a little bit more yeah, into the story and, the plot and everything so so while maybe just teensy bit less funny you know what it made up for it in the plot so i gave it the same yeah score essentially okay so the season finale here episode six i i, I see this trend at least for me continuing 
it's it first of all it was a great episode it was yeah. way it was it, it was way funnier than episode one through three no contest um i i thought maybe as far as the pure funny it was maybe a bit less than four or five however i love the characters i loved what happened to them even more you know parks and rec now as a series is getting good enough that i'm interested in the story i'm interested in the plot and the character relationships to a much, much larger extent. What this means for me is I can have an episode that can be scored as much for plot and character interactions, i.e. heart, as much as comedy. So, Alan, having said that, the, the world according to Mark here is, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give it a three for a base score. However, yeah. however, I'm not done. <laughs> believe it or not. I'm gonna it. give I'm gonna give it, a bonus point for a good story with heart. Okay. I'm going to give it another bonus point for our girls, Leslie and Anne moving on. Wow. This is kind of like when Dumbledore is giving out the, uh, the house awards at the end, you know, we know oh, he's, he's going to, he's going to up Gryffindor with Slytherin somehow. See, I thought you were going to say, this is like the end of uh, the end of clue when Tim Curry goes, okay, one plus one plus two plus one, no two plus one plus one plus one. Um, so three base score, a bonus point for a good story with heart, a bonus point for our girls, Leslie and Ann moving on. And I'm going to give it half a point more okay. for another, for another person falling in the pit. I love it. <laughs> Mark makes three, I believe uh, that, we know, of. Yeah, that um, we know of. So you add all those up three plus one plus one plus half as Tim Curry would say, and you, I'm going to score this. This is my highest ranked episode of the season. I'm going to give it five and a half little Sebastians, you know, season one, I, I would say probably, I would say definitely was the weakest one, but in my mind, at least the latter half, the episodes were good quality shows and it ended really strong. What do you think? Okay. I like it. I, I think it's a fair score. Um, I, I'm not, you know, we usually come at this at a slightly different angle, and I, I, that's not going to be different today. And yet, somehow, our scores are never that far apart so far anyway. So we'll, right. we'll see. So, well, letting you go first did exactly what I wanted, which was to give me the last word. So check. <laughs> um, I, I feel like this episode, you know, I feel the maturity of the the story and the arc and their storytelling and the devices and it's just getting better every time mechanically, I think is fair to say. And we've kind of talked about that a little bit in the past episodes. Um, you know, and with this being a short season, I, I feel like now it's kind of like it's starting to get its groove. And oh, you know, if you're watching this in real time, you know, back in 2009, right? Um, you're, you're thinking, oh, I got to wait all summer until next fall to see what happens in season two. So you're probably pretty disappointed at this point, right? You right. Know, it's not that you can't binge this yet. We're not in our cool time machine we own now. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like you would have been wanting more at this point. And, and I don't think I watched these live. I think maybe by season three, I was watching it live every week, but not in season one or two. I see. <clears throat> and, and so, you know, I, I think at this point it's, I'm like, I like where the show's headed. I'm liking the characters more and more. I think the characters that I don't like or the things about characters that I like, but I don't like that aspect of them have at least been true to form. I don't like the form. I don't like that Brandanowitz is very Brandanowitz-y at times. Yeah. And I wish Andy was better <laughs> um, and less of a man child and, you know, was nicer to Anne and respected her more, you know. Um, and yet, 
eh, it's he is what he is, right? And right. they they didn't, you know, there were moments of hope and you know where we really feel like they might have grown a little bit, but I think that's real life. Um, I think we see it all the time. I see it in myself. I see it in other people. And so it's not that crazy to think that, you know, they don't have a giant arc in six episodes. So I, all that to say, I feel like this is the best episode yet. I feel like it was well done. It was very funny. Um, just from my notes. I mean, I had 10 AKAs. Um, I probably <laughs> wrote down 12 quotes in here and there's just a lot of fun stuff to track and maybe that's part of why i enjoyed this episode as much as i did so i'm going to give it six little sebastians i, I wow. feel like that might be a tad generous and yet um every episode is standalone every season is standalone and and it doesn't mean i'm necessarily going to go higher at the beginning of season two this one i think we're going to end on a six for me wow a, a, a strong, well-reasoned argument. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Any parting thoughts as we wrap up this season one? Yeah, uh, not, not really. I, you know, I hadn't even considered the, the, you know, possible annoyance factor of someone who is watching the show and like, you know, what the heck do you mean? I have to wait. I, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I didn't that you're right. Remember uh, that's that, how we used to watch TV back when we had the three channels. <laughs> We actually had to wait. We couldn't stream everything directly into this chip I have implanted to the side of my neck. That's right. Um, oh my gosh. But you're, you know, you're right. That could have resulted in, you know, grumpy Mark coming out, but you know what? I, I honestly don't remember that. I, I think I just remember it. I mean, you said it, you said it well, you know, it ended, it ended uh, strong. It's been a good, it, it, it has morphed into a very good show. And I was looking forward to season two. Now, lucky you, you probably thought, you know, in advance in your time machine there, you, you, you wisely waited to start, you know, watching it until you could binge it a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this was a great episode. Uh, I was very pleased with it. All right. Well, I, I think that puts us at the end. The next, next week, we're going to be back. Uh, we're, we're not going to take a summer break next. So you're welcome. And we'll <laughs> jump right into season two, episode one, Pawnee Zoo. You mean we're not going to have to make the viewers wait all summer to see what happens? We're going to let them know right away? We could, but it's, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't know when people will listen to this, but right now it's November. So if we wait to the summer, it's a pretty long wait. Oh, I assume that, you know, they turn their dials to get to the podcast. I assume <laughs> they had to wait a week for each one, too. But maybe that's dials, not Dials, viewers. Mark, you know, while, while we're <laughs> this week we're, that we're off, I think you and I need to have a talk. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This has been great. And we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.